Hello and welcome to the Jesus Centered Family Podcast, where we talk about ministry, parenting, and equipping every generation to intentionally live a Jesus-centered life. We have the usual suspects around the podcast studio today. How are you guys doing? Good. 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 Really good. 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 Dane, have you had your coffee today? Uh, I don't drink coffee on a regular basis. Just once in a great while. So, no. No, I have not. Okay. That was a question that came up earlier. But, but I'm ready and raring to go. Yes, you are. I don't need no coffee. You <laughs> don't. Absolutely not. Troy, what's new? Not a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just living life, keeping busy. Just living the dream. Living the dream, man. Loving it. So good. Good. Yeah. I feel like we're out of like small talk t- content because we've recorded multiple times. This is for Stacy and I the third time in a week that we've recorded. So nice. it's been a lot, but it's good. Yeah. Hey, it's going to be 61 degrees today. Hello. I mean, that's something to talk about. February yes. 26. What in the world? Yep. And the we just. Groundhog dis- might have been right. He might have been. But we were talking about our. Uh, we feed our leaders every Wednesday night before youth group. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tina and I were talking about our meal for Wednesday night. And we decided to go chilly because it's going to be a high of 44 and rainy on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just squash that fun yep. little Jeez. spring vibe we got yeah. going. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can, though. Exactly. Yeah. What in our appetite? Yeah. And maybe some good storms tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I don't, whenever you're listening to this, maybe there won't be storms. But <laughs> we're not giving the forecast. <laughs> maybe just as accurate. 50-50 chance. Yeah, exactly. All right. So this episode is dedicated to parenting. So we are in week two of our marriage and parenting. I think Stu called it a mini series mm-hmm. uh, in service, which makes me think of television. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, so we are talking all about parenting today. Uh, we are all parents, a lot of children between the four of us. Uh, so I want to go around and just tell me how many kids, approximate ages and genders. Stacy, we'll start with you. I have five children, um, 24, 21 or 22. <laughs> His birthday's next week. Um, 18, 15, and 13. Four boys, one girl. Great. Nice. I've got four kids. I've got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and two two-year-olds. Double mm-hmm. trouble. Three girls and a boy. My mm-hmm. boy's my oldest. Nice. Yep. Nice. I have four also. I have three boys and a baby girl, 11, 9, 7, and 2. And I have two, 21 and 18, Oldest is a girl, youngest is a boy. <laughs> Great. So um, I would say, kind of like last week with marriage, we have a lot of marriage experience between the four. So we have a lot of parenting experience. As mm-hmm. you've heard, we have, um, you guys both have adult children. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still in like the middle school phase mm-hmm. also. And then we both are like preteen down to babies. toddlers. Mm-hmm. Not really babies anymore. Like talking and. I feel mm-hmm. like this. I don't know if this is on topic or whatever, but kind of. Anyways, I feel like your daughter, Brighton, I don't know. If, anyways, she looks so much older than my kids, my two-year-olds. But my kids are younger, so Yours or older. Are older. Sorry, my, my like are older. A couple months. Yeah, but your your daughter just looks so much older than mine. I don't know if mine just have a lot of baby fat still on them or what, but <laughs> oh, I think it's the baby. I think it's the baby really. chunk. But yeah, uh, Brighton has really long hair too. Mm-hmm. That's that might be part of it. Like, it's insane how much hair that girl has. Yeah. 
But so, anyways, yeah, your daughter, and she's maybe we'll get into dude, it, but she's potty training, right? We're so pumped. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> like we just we've just like this weekend decided we're just going straight underwear, no yeah. diapers. Yeah. We still have pull ups, but um, yeah, we're very so we're that's, so close. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah, Man, so yeah. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it and. She's like getting into it now, mm-hmm. but she wants like a sucker or a cake pop every time she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> She's like, sucker? I'm like, no, not this time. This is what you're supposed to do. Good right. job. Funny side note about potty training since we're on the parent. Uh, you yeah. know, this is a parenting this, issue. This is, yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. a hard one for parents, right? Uh, when talking about this with my grandfather, you know what advice that he gave me? Um, I want to know. Uh, you probably don't. He goes, here's <laughs> what you need to do, Dane. Just when they're like 18 months old, just stick them on the toilet and strap them down. And then wait until they go. And then they get the feeling of going wow. in the toilet. <laughs> wow. And I'm saying, you just strap them on there until they go. And he goes, yep. I don't know if he did what? that with his own kids, <laughs> but that seemed a little harsh. I thought, wow, that that's old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the apparatus? Like, what's the <laughs> no, just right. rope or what? <laughs> he said, <laughs> instead of belt. You know? oh, okay. Go to the junkyard and get a, like a seatbelt. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my word. Anyway. Uh, I'm, uh, something you never forget. That's some no. good parenting oh, yeah. advice the, there right. for you. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That thought's crossed my mind. Like when you're, <laughs> they're sitting there and they won't stay. And you're like, no, you have to go right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm positive uh, you need to at least try. I'm like, nope, not not doing it. <laughs> we do not advocate for strapping your kids. <laughs> just let that be exactly. stated. That could lead us into uh, the next topic of conversation. What is the funniest parenting moment that you can think of? I kind of put you guys on the spot with this, so if they're just marginally funny, that's okay. <laughs> Who wants to start? Who's got one? I Stacey. can I cannot tell the funniest story. I can't do it. It's just not probably appropriate. Um, but hey, it, we can put the uh, explicit filter on this. You can share whatever you want. I can't tell it. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, but yes, just yesterday, a situation happened, and it's not really even totally parenting. It's more of it's always involving Justin every time. Like he is he brings the funny to the family. But uh, our daughter is doing, she's driving, she has her permit. So they went after church yesterday and drove around for like two hours. And so I was like, hey, since you guys are out, you want to stop and grab the groceries for the week? And so they stopped and she sent a message to the whole family. Did you do the uh, order pickup? No, they went in and actually did the shopping. And she sent a message to the whole family saying, I can't stop laughing. Dad just um, hit his head on the trunk of her car, and he has two huge mm-hmm. spots. And he said to her, "Stop laughing, or I'm going to start bleeding." <laughs> and we were like, "What do you mean? The laughing is going to cause the bleeding?" He's like, "No, that's not what I meant." But it just makes me giggle because Justin always had when he hurts himself, he always gets mad at everybody because it's mm-hmm. always funny, mm-hmm. yeah. always funny. Mm-hmm. And he, don't laugh at me; it's going to cause. I it. feel like any time a dad gets hurt. Everybody else thinks it's funny. It is. And it's acceptable. If mom gets hurt, it's not, it's not acceptable. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. But yeah, he did not think it was funny. And then when he got home, he had to give us the whole story all over again. And it just made us all start laughing again. Like, we're not super empathetic. We yeah. just giggle because... Well, Justin, I stand with you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about your head. Okay. Good story. Troy, what about you? I guess recently... And there's been a couple of these situations where... Um, our kids as they're learning to talk some of the things that they say Mm -hmm. uh they don't mean it to be inappropriate Mm. but it is yes (laughs) and so as a parent it's kind of funny or hard not to laugh when your kid is saying fork (laughs) in a way that um, (laughs) sounds like other words and so 
that those are just kind of funny to to look back on and mm-hmm. think about just how much they don't know what they're saying, mm-hmm. but it sounds very inappropriate. That's so. funny. And <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, is this with your one of your with twins? our twins right now? And yes. So you've got yeah. kids that are and they know old enough to yeah. understand, and they kind of hear what they're saying as well, and they're a little confused. Yeah. But <laughs> That's it's so okay fun. for her to say it, but not for them. So. Right. Right. That's yes. Funny. Yeah. Dane, what about you? Uh, the only thing that can come to my mind right at this moment is, it, I don't know if it's a parenting thing or not, but when it, we were uh, in our house in Auburn and I was, we were having an issue with our washer and dryer. And so I was going to uh, unhook the washer and being the the not so uh, good dad or handyman <laughs> or whatever, I wasn't thinking through anything. So what I did was I never turned the water off oh, and no. just unscrewed the the hose from the back of the washer. Oh, geez. And water, of course, started spraying out at a high rate <laughs> in our in, in in our uh, house. That was it was right in our kitchen. And our my kid Angel's not home, oh, and no. both our kids are. Annalise <laughs> was probably about five or six. So Will would have been really young. And I'm telling you what, and it just kept coming and coming and coming. It started filling up our tire. And then we have a crawl space and it started going through our, this wood for the, the old, you know, where you put it together. And I am running around and when it's happening, you can't think straight. Right. So Annalise is watching this whole thing, and at some point, I'm I'm slipping on the <laughs> kitchen floor, <laughs> trying to figure out what am I going to do? I can't stop this water. I'm trying to get buckets. I don't even think about turning off the water. I mean, <laughs> I'm just frantic. <laughs> and uh, at one point, I looked at Annalise and I went, "Can you do something? Can you help me? You got to help me. What do I do?" Oh, it's just funny. I don't know if she remembers it, but I was so desperate. I was yelling at my five year old to fix this problem that I had. So did you end up getting the water shut off? Well, what I did was I stuck the hose in the washer and shut the lid so it would just fill up in the... And then I went, oh, I got to shut the water off. So I had to go down under the crawl space mm. and shut it off. Your, so your washer and dryer didn't have a shut off valve right there? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it did and I couldn't turn it or something. Maybe that's what it was. I tried to turn it and I couldn't turn it. And so I just decided to unscrew it. Not not a good moment. Good thing I had it all cleaned up before Angela came home. But oh my word, it was horrible. It was so bad. That's amazing. That's uh, good. That's great. Um, so we live pretty pretty much across the street from Dollar General. And our this past like fall winter, we were like in need of something from Dollar General. Like our boys are probably old enough. Let's send them with the home phone. It's a cell phone. We'll send them to walk across the Dollar General and I'm like giving them the list. It's like three things that we need. And I'm like, do you want me to show you pictures or you got it? like, no, we got it. And so we sent them, I, I have it written down somewhere. I don't remember what exactly it was, but they came back with the wrong, oh, Ziploc bags, the wrong size Ziploc bags, which we needed a specific size. So that was wrong. And then there was something else that was messed up, a gallon of milk that, one of them dropped. The other one messed up the what they needed. The other one dropped the gallon of milk and busted it. And then the one that got the wrong thing also lost the change. It was a $10 bill on their like walk through the yard. I'm like, guys, we literally gave you three things to get and you got nothing. And now you lost the money. Like the whole thing was just a disaster. So that was, that was a good one. Nice. Um, all right. What is your proudest parenting moment? Again, uh, 
I, the only thing I can think of again that comes to my mind. I is don't have very many proud moments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, a, not very many proud moments. It was just cool to see how my son Will reacted in this moment. Again, Annalise was probably about twelve, so Will would have been nine. And we were taking a walk. It was during the February, I think, back in the woods that we have. And it was snowy, and I thought, yeah, let's go back here and just look around, maybe build a fort, you know, with some logs or whatever, just have fun. Hook time up washer and dryer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we get back there, and we're just walking. It's so still out, so quiet. And then all of a sudden, I hear a gunshot. Mm. And it just re- reverberated amongst the trees. And I'm like, oh, my word. Someone's deer hunting or something. I have no idea. I'm looking around. I don't see anything. Um and immediately Annalise crouches down underneath like this lean, uh, this big log that was, and uh, it starts crying. Like, mm. oh my goodness, what's gonna happen? <clears throat> Will, I think was looking at me, he ran over and crouched next to Annalise and then he got up and uh, I yelled something like, hey, there's people out here, you know, just yeah. trying to get attention to somebody. And uh, Will, he runs out from his spot and goes, yeah, and you just made my sister cry. <laughs> and uh, it was just the cutest thing of how protected he yeah, was. He was ready for a moment. fight. Oh, he was. <laughs> After he said it, he ran back over and knelt next to him. But ended up being my uncle who was rabbit hunting. And mm-hmm. uh, again, we we were already out there, so I didn't see his truck, and he didn't know we were out there. So we have a little system now yeah. uh, for all that. But yeah, that was, that was a freakish moment. But to see Will just step up in that moment to try to protect is pretty cool. That is cool. What about you guys? Uh, One of the things that my family does quite a bit is go fishing. And so uh, we do that pretty consistently every summer. We go up to Michigan and and do some fishing. And uh, this was just one of those, it's kind of a small proud moment, but also a fun just memory that I'll remember with my son. We went out on a kayak together and just being with him and, uh, he was using a lure, and it's one of the first times he's used, especially a bigger lure. Um, he's used bobbers and small little lures before, but to go out and use a bigger lure, and he was casting it and reeling it in, and he ended up catching a pretty big bass or a couple of them that day. But just being a part of that first catch was um, just kind of a proud moment for me, and, and nothing like too amazing uh, character-wise or whatever, but just a proud moment of seeing your son catch his first fish. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. good. Uh, for me, when I had our fifth child, I had a spinal fluid leak from my epidural, and I was petrified to have anybody touch me to correct it. So I just said, I'll go home and wait for it to correct itself. And they were like, oh, I'll take five to seven days. And you have like the worst headache known to me. It's horrible. And after like the fourth or fifth day, I just like to get up to even get up to go to the bathroom, like you really had to talk yourself into getting up because the headache was just unbearable. And, um, our Camden at the time would have been about five and he, every morning he would get up, mommy, how do you feel today? And oh, I just, I still don't feel good. And he would say to Justin and the kids, we need to pray for mommy again. And so he would like lead this little prayer over me. And he's always been sensitive like that. But I remember thinking as a five-year-old, like he's the one making the decision to check in on me each day and then Mm -hmm. to pray for me. So that was one of those moments of, and it was something we actually talked about with Justin just last night again. Do you remember when Camden did this? Mm-hmm. So I would say that's been one of my proudest moments of something we did not initiate with him, but that he did it. That's cool. Um, mine would be 
Um, we've had a couple situations with like neighborhood kids or kids at school. And one of my kids has come home and said, Hey, like I led so-and-so to Jesus today. And we're like, what? So now the joke is kind of like, are you bullying these kids? Like <laughs> you will do this or, uh, but one, one time it was one of them. It was in the backyard and, um, two of my sons actually participated in it. We don't get a ton of details from these stories, <laughs> but, uh, I think the oldest one kind of led it. And then the middle boy just kind of got to be a part of it and, um, it was cool. Like hearing them talk about like doing that together and mm-hmm. leading one of their friends to Jesus was, was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty powerful brotherhood right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. That's awesome. Hopefully they keep it up and don't cause too many shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be those two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, the sermon from this past weekend, um, was all about parenting. Uh, the bottom line, the main point of it, um, is children are a gift entrusted by God. So just like we did with the last episode, if you had 30 seconds to sum up what you think that means, what would you say? Dane, start us off. Well, I, I think Sue got it straight from Scripture. Uh, there's a verse that talks about how you know, children are a gift um, that he entrusts to us. Um, and so I think it's uh, as t- at times during uh, parenthood season or whatever, you may forget that that they really are a gift and just reminding ourselves of that I think is very important and it's a big responsibility Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's something our culture um, does not recognize as much and that we have to take it very seriously when we want to become a parent and the whole parenting process and um, just remembering that um, God gives us our children as a gift and how precious that is and to take it serious Mm -hmm. that's good do you guys have anything you would change or add? No. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I would say our fifth child was not uh, a child we had anticipated having. <laughs> and he's also the child that has tested our limits. But I have learned so much from him because of his challenging personality. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very <laughs> politically correct way to say all of that. Good job. <laughs> but he truly, like, because of that, I do experience that gift concept with him in a different way than I have with my other kids um, because it does challenge me in a lot of ways. So I do agree with what Dane said. Like it is a constant reminder of the gift that he's been, even in the challenge um, that I did not anticipate. And I think that's true about a gift. There are some mm-hmm. gifts you anticipate, like when it's your birthday, you're like, oh, I'm getting a gift. Like yeah. you know that. And Cohen was a completely surprise gift um, <laughs> and surprises me lots of days. But um, it is a good reminder that God knows the perfect gift that we need. And yeah in different phases of life and different ways that it happens. And yeah, I, I can relate to that because our youngest is a girl that we didn't, we found out with all of the boys what the gender was, but this one we did not, we had no idea up until the moment that she was born. And um, so that was a huge surprise um, that it was a girl. We only had boys and, and she is by probably a long shot, our most difficult child, other than the fact that potty training is going well. <laughs> um, but she has a lot of personality, a lot of attitude. Um, so I can I can relate to the the challenges mm-hmm. of in a different way, especially our third is probably our easiest and our quietest. And so it's just been interesting, like that transition. Yeah. So, Troy, what would you add to that, if anything? A couple of things. Uh, yeah, sometimes the surprises are a lot of fun. <laughs> and so when you end up with two babies at the same time, uh, it's been a, a true blessing. You kind of get scared at first, but um, it's been so much fun. 
Two for uh, the price of one. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but also just the entrusted part, um, just think of just kind of steward um, what you have been given. And I think we've been trusted with, with a gift and how we invest in our kids is just going to be super important. Mm-hmm. And so such a, uh, a blessing to be able to do that. Yeah. So Stu, in the, in the sermon this past weekend, used some pretty high-tech <coughs> technology mm-hmm. and was doing some drawings on an iPad, and I was pretty impressed. Uh, but one of the things he drew was uh, this like quadrant grid thing. Um, so he talked about high discipline versus low discipline, high love versus low love. Um, I would say if you could assess your own parenting, um, where, I mean, I have an idea of where all of you are, but where would you kind of put yourself on that, um, on that quadrant? So I think you should predict before we say, Ooh, okay. (laughs) This is fun. I like that. Um, I would say, um, Dane, I would put you, I, I think all, all three of you would be in the, the, high high love high discipline quadrant Mm -hmm. so that's the but dane i would say you are probably higher on love lower on discipline yes and no it's a good question i don't know how i don't know how i would think about that in terms of where i'm at because i um if you ask my kids they might say the opposite really uh i can get a little bit um in terms of how things are done at the house and things that put away all those little things mm-hmm. of making sure that we look or the house looks organized or things are cleaned up. I, I find myself doing that, saying a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. I do sometimes just do it even, even though I probably should have said they do it, you mm-hmm. know, because I don't want to have to ask them and have to, I don't know. Fine. I'll do it myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a good question. I, I I don't know. Hmm. I probably would go back and forth on that depending on what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes I have a higher expectation in a certain um in a certain area versus something else. Okay. So but uh but I in personality I guess I, I tend to be less confrontational, um, more grace giving. Mm-hmm. Stacy, I would project that you are probably I'm and uh, part of this is I'm thinking between you and your spouse. So mm-hmm. um I'm thinking Justin is probably more of the fun parent so you have to do more of the disciplining. Yes. Um so I but but you're high love too. So I but I think I would probably put you more towards the high discipline side. So it's funny you say that because you're very much right. Uh our children all turned and looked at Justin when this was happening yesterday. <laughs> um <laughs> But as we have gotten older, I would say in some ways we've crossed paths a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I was definitely a very high discipline, more. Plus that um, school teacher in I you. Know. you got to yes. keep it straight. And I would say, again, my most challenging child has really taught me that the high love is equally important. And sometimes I, you have to move on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like you can still be both high and high. But sometimes certain situations requires not that your love is less, but that the discipline takes a little more higher precedence or that you extend a little more grace. The discipline's still there, but the love moves up a little higher. So I would say like very much what Dane was kind of saying, like it depends on the situation, but that maybe I'm just old and tired too. I don't know. (laughs) That happens with parents. (laughs) But Mm. I would say that 
as I've gotten older that my love level has definitely increased more and my discipline levels probably pulled down. Mm -hmm. I'm not off that discipline. I can't be because of where my husband functions (laughs) on that line. And Um, because of your fifth child. Exactly. (laughs) But yes, I very much would agree. Troy, I would, I would probably put you at the higher discipline, um, thinking about you and Carly. Yeah, I'd say it's probably, I don't know. I think I probably fall right in the middle on both of them. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I think discipline is hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I really don't know. Yeah. Again, I think there's certain aspects of like each child's a little bit different Mm -hmm. for me and, and I don't, can't explain that necessarily, but, um, I think, and Carly's pretty, she can be pretty strict. So I think we're both probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think not that we're low love, but I think we're just in a phase where it's like, we just got to keep it, <laughs> keep, keep it, all alive. keep it together. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, it's kind of, I guess how it feels a little bit sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would, well, what do you guys think I would be? Your high discipline. And high love. <laughs> Definitely high discipline. <laughs> I and I I love that graph because I've one of the best compliments I ever got in student ministry was one of our students who was a middle schooler throughout much of our time in a different place and then some in high school and now is an adult and doing ministry. Um, I remember she said, We never knew if JB was gonna kill us <laughs> or like you know, but we, but we always knew that he loved us a ton. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's exactly, and I think that graph helped explain that. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I want to be as a parent. Um, but like, that's kind of as a youth pastor too, like, mm-hmm. especially on a mission trip, like mm-hmm. you don't want, don't want them to think that you're not going to discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I thought that graph was really, really cool and helped, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. explain a lot. Like sometimes it's hard to like verbalize that, mm-hmm. like, how do you want to parent? Well, I want to. I want my kids to know that I love the heck out of them, no matter what. Yep. But also, I want them to know <laughs> if they misstep, like mm-hmm. I'm going to bring the boom. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you guys? Do you guys have thoughts on the graph? I think again, like living within that quadrant of high and high, high discipline and high love, doesn't mean that you have to be a hundred percent at the top of both of those levels, mm-hmm. but that you want to remain in that quadrant. And sometimes, in some situations the love factor has to be super high and you might have to dial back the discipline and experience something with your child that maybe shows a little more love and grace and the discipline gets dialed back because maybe it's the first time you've Mm -hmm. hit this or maybe because there's a trauma situation. Like as long as you're within that quadrant somewhere, anywhere within that quadrant is a healthy space to be, but being aware that you don't want to flip down into the lows in any of those areas because Mm -hmm. it is a disservice to your child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he had categorized those two. Like, so the high and high is the faithful father. Mm-hmm. The low and low was a neglectful parent, which hopefully we're avoiding that always. Yeah. Um, high love, low discipline was what? Permissive. Yeah. Permissive mm-hmm. parent. And then high discipline, low love is dictatorship. dictatorship. Mm-hmm. So kind of categories for all of it. And help. Mm-hmm. I think that helps to like explain a little bit more. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Josh McDowell years ago, it kind of goes along with that. If you guys have heard the truth and love concept, if you're high truth, um, but no love, you'll get rebellion from your Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. And if you're high love and no truth, you get resentment. Mm -hmm. 
and it kind of couples with that. Um, but yeah, I, and I find, I think it's really found to be true Mm -hmm. when you see kids in situations that are rebelling, it's usually there is the love factor is really low and Mm -hmm. it's all about the rules and you're going to follow these rules. And then if it's all about, Hey, you can just do whatever you want. I love you. We're friends as parents, you know, where you're my best friend, or I want you to be my friend as they get older then there's a little bit of resentment by the kid that you don't really care about me because I can stay out till one, two or three in the morning and you don't even care where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of that factor. Yeah. Do you guys think if, I mean, especially as parents who have raised kids to adulthood, um, is there a way to shift into that high and high space in the graph? Um, if your kids are already, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, even with social media, like if you've never had rules, can you start then imposing rules? Like, how do you do that as a parent? If you've, if you've messed up either way, try to get back into that high love, high discipline space. It's going to require some really hard conversations and being willing to apologize mm-hmm. to your child that I've, I have let you down by not being more loving or holding you to a level of accountability that I should have because I love you. Right. Um, but being honest with them about what you have lacked in your parenting relationship and then being honest that I'm, I need to do a better job and it's probably going to be uncomfortable for our relationship for a while. Um, and move, you're going to have to then stick to that and prove that you're not going to be, and I'm sure we're getting to this next conversation, that wavy line that you do stick to that line of I'm, I'm, this is what the line is. And if, and when you cross it, these are the things that are going to take place. And, it's, it's hard to do that, but it changes can be made. You've got to, you've got to be committed to, to do that. And you've got to have a conversation with your kid. It'll let them know I've let you down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's anything. One of the greatest things that you can do as a parent is to admit when we're wrong. Yeah. And I think as parents, we're nervous. If we do do that, are they going to, our kids are going to take advantage of that or use it against us in the future or whatever. And again, the degree of how we hurt our kids could be, all across the board. Um, but being willing just to say I was wrong, will you please forgive me in a situation like this, what we're talking about of not of allowing you to do things maybe that I shouldn't have allowed you to do. And I, I uh, have hurt you as a growing up in your teenage years and I need to do a better job of that. And even say, you know, I'm learning from God now in my relationship with him, what he, how he parents us or how he is our father and kind of equate that to learning in your faith and that we're all learning together. And, um, I think kids, I had one kid one time tell me, um, when I was meeting with him, his not your own child. Right. Yeah, yeah. When I was a youth kid, uh, when I was a youth pastor, a youth kid. And he said, all I wanted my dad to do was say that he was wrong for what he did. And he mm-hmm. never did. Mm-hmm. And he was just longing for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, it all it drastically affects uh, kids um, when they don't hear that, and it's an example of how we mm-hmm. want them to interact with our with their brothers and sisters and with other people in their life. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's it's hard to humble yourself mm-hmm. as as a parent, um, but I think it, man, it's a huge lesson, not only biblically but just life lesson for our kids. Mm-hmm. I think if you start it when they're young, like mm-hmm. I. I've done that a few times with my kids and like, I've never gotten anything other than like, it's okay. I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And then like we move on, like mm-hmm. nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And it's when they get to be 
teenagers or adults and like the first time you've ever done it. And they're like, yeah, I expected it from you. Like, that's what you do. You screw up, you know, Mm -hmm. that you get more of the, that kind of response rather than, uh, you know, a a forgiving attitude and Mm -hmm. a lot of work to do in that then Mm -hmm. moving forward, which is going to require more of those conversations. All right. It can't just happen one time. Be like, Hey, I've screwed up. Things are going to be different. It's, Hey, I've screwed up. Things need to be different. Let's work towards it. Mm Yeah, and I've had to go to my kids, um, probably more so with my son Will, and just say, I shouldn't have, I, I didn't handle that situation or that conversation correctly. You know, I, I got more, uh, more strong or angry with my tone, and I didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. So will you please forgive me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, I think we've got to do that. We've got to continue to do that as parents and to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when he convicts us of it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of alluded to it, Stacy. the straight line versus the squiggly line. Um, so st- another thing Stu drew yesterday, um, straight line parenting versus squiggly line, kind of being always consistent in how you discipline. Um, if, you're, if you always have the line in the same spot, your kids are going to know. Like they're going to understand where that line is, and they're going to know, hey, if I cross this line, I'm going to be punished, and it's going to be consistent every time. Squiggly line, it allows them to... Sometimes they get punished for that thing. Sometimes they don't. Now, there is a difference in the level of infraction, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. There, there, there can be different punishments, but uh, some of those things are going to need to be consistently the same punishment for the same crime every mm-hmm. single time. That Troy. Oh, quite, go ahead. That was quite a little uh, rhyme you said there. Oh, was it? <laughs> I, didn't even, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> Uh, thank you, teacher. <laughs> uh, Troy, you've got toddlers. Mm-hmm. How have you seen this play out in your parenting? You have two toddlers, too. <clears throat> yes, so like- two toddlers. Um, and you do have to try to treat them equally. Uh, and so a lot of that is just, again, clearly knowing what you think is kind of the expectation. And I think... Sometimes that can be hard to identify and take the time to realize, okay, what, what are the behaviors that we expect from our family? You know, how do we talk to each other? How do we uh, interact with each other in this way? Or what's the expectation with cleaning up or what's, and so clearly knowing the expectations can help define that, that line. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you don't know those, then it makes that when a a situation comes up, you're like, I don't like that. how do you discipline if you, they don't, if the kid doesn't know what the expectation is. And so, or it's not fair to discipline, um, if they don't know what the expectation is. And so going into, um, cleanup time, you know, everyone is cleaning up and if you're not cleaning up, then you're, you're going to, you're, yeah, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Like that's, you're going to clean up the rest or like there's, there's, there's going to be a consequence. And so, uh, being able to know those values and know those expectations can be very helpful when it comes to staying on the line as opposed to being wavy, Mm -hmm. I guess, in this example. I love what you said about it's unfair to punish them when they didn't really know the expectation. Mm -hmm. Cause I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's where parents get it wrong. Myself included, not Mm -hmm. pointing fingers. Like Mm -hmm. so often is that Mm -hmm. our kids, like maybe they, maybe they know, but like there's some times where I know I've like scolded my kids and I'm like, probably didn't set the expectation Mm -hmm. super well. Mm -hmm. And there's been times where we had to come back and be like, Hey, I'm sorry. I did not explain myself. Well, Mm -hmm. like you're not in trouble for this, but 
mm-hmm. think making sure that we know, hey, mm-hmm. we've established this, like there's a clear line of communication here and that mm-hmm. conversation has happened mm-hmm. and now we move forward from there and we can go back and discipline as necessary right. as you cross that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard though with two-year-olds, right? Because they can only explain so much right. or understand so much. So mm-hmm. how, I mean, do you feel like you have to, because it's been such a long time since I have a two-year-old, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you feel like, it almost is as they, as you go that you have to say, no, this is unacceptable behavior or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. No, I, the question JB asked about the toddlers was a little bit hard for me to specifically tone in on toddlers because oh, they're yeah. at an age where they are, they're mostly, they've been pretty obedient for us, but it is still the kind of learning as you go. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned is okay. Um, right now, the food or eating time is messy. And so keep your food on the plate or like, and just communicating that as regular as you can. Otherwise they're, they're throwing it everywhere. And if you mm-hmm. just let that happen, they're going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, being able to clearly communicate, we keep our food on our plate. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the expectation. And if you don't, then we're going to timeout or we're, mm-hmm. we're having a conversation or whatever that, that discipline might be with a toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely at a toddler age, it's a little bit more basic and, and as you go and some of it, we're kind of, we've learned a little bit with our previous kids cause we know what, mm-hmm. what we expect from them. And so we can kind of use that with our toddlers. Yeah, if, if you're having trouble remembering what it's like, just go bang your head against the wall. And that's kind of the same deal sometimes. Like it's, You're saying the same thing over and over again with mm-hmm. the same results. Mm-hmm. What, what, how do you guys deal with, and maybe you are still dealing with this too, is like you say it once, is it a hard, like you say, if you do this again, there's going to be this consequence. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it a one time and that's it, or do you allow a couple times to remind them because have they really understood or comprehended what you're really asking? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like when do you, how do you do that? Well, immediately, <laughs> immediate punishment, straight to jail. <laughs> <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect 200. No. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just came to me. Wow. Yeah. Like how do I, even as I get older, mm-hmm. um, Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you play I think some that of into, helping into the them squ- learn so it? It's not a squick of the line. Right. Mm-hmm. I think some of helping them learn it is facing the punishment after telling them one time. Now, maybe the punishment's going to get more severe as they get older, or as mm-hmm. they break the rule multiple times. But like, we've always done a timer on the oven, and the timeout spot is like right in front of the oven or in front of the sink on like the mat. And so we, typically gone by their age. So mm-hmm. when Brighton was one, it was one minute. And like, that's a long time for a one year old sometimes. Mm-hmm. But now that she's two, she's had two, three, four, five, sometimes 10 minute timeouts, depending on what it is. And like, sometimes it's us sitting there with her. Like, mm-hmm. so depending on what the, the crime is, like, uh, it's a, Hey, you need to understand this. Um, like at dinner, dinner's a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, we got rid of the high chair. We were done with it. We hated it. Um, and so we've got like a booster seat on one chair. Then we've also got a bench that two of the boys sit on. Well, she always wants to sit on the bench. So we're like, all right, let's give her some freedom. Let's let her do that. She never sits there. And so we give her a couple warnings. All right, all right this is your last chance. And then we put her in the booster seat. Um, and then if she still tries to climb out, we strap her in the booster seat. 
not with a belt, not like, (laughs) (laughs) but so the, I think it's like being, Mm -hmm. being quick, but like also showing grace in it, Mm -hmm. but establishing that this is where the line is. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that comes with discipline, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not corporal punishment immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, Hey, this is, this is the line. Like we are spankers. Like we, we've spanked the boys a lot more than we spank Brett. Like she rarely gets a spank in. Um, but I would say she's been our most challenging, but sometimes then it's deciding what the best punishment is mm-hmm. for that child. Like there's been a couple times where like, I felt like, Hey, you've warranted that type of punishment, right. With Brighton. Um, but it's, it's it kind of builds to that. Does that make sense? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's necessarily a squiggly line, but it's like a, almost like a curve. Like we've got to, we've got to get to that straight line mm-hmm. and they're going to get to an age where like, you know, the expectations, like mm-hmm. we've got an 11 year old who kind of functions like a teenager. Like he knows the expectations, like he's going to feel the wrath if he crosses the line in some of these areas. Well, and like you, what you've just described is something later, later on in the service, Stu talked about coat, like the coaching sessions mm-hmm. of life. And that's exactly what you're doing along the way. Like you are disciplining her in a way of, nope, now you're, now this is what's going to happen. Or if the girls were throwing food, like, nope, now you're going to help pick it up or yep. whatever. So you're coaching and disciplining really is kind of married together mm-hmm. um, where you're continuing to redirect the behavior back to where you're trying to drive the final result. So you don't have to do 12 steps to get to the mm-hmm. one step mm-hmm. action. And then your coaching is easier as a teenager, which yes. I've seen like with you guys, like I've had both of your kids in student ministry in some way, shape or form. And you've had some too, mm-hmm. like you can see that like they're, it's an easier coaching process when they get to be teenagers. Sure when you do establish mm-hmm. that yeah. discipline. I think that squiggly line is totally unfair to kids. Yes. It confuses them about what the line of discipline looks like when it squiggles like that. Well, you let me get away with it last time, but now this time you didn't. And really, I feel like if parents need to live on the squiggly line, they might need to evaluate what their discipline line looks like. Because if you're willing to give it waves, that might mean you are maybe being too harsh at times. So mm-hmm. then you felt like, oh, I needed to extend grace this time. And that's when the wave starts to be created that you might need to evaluate what your line of discipline actually is and should be mm-hmm. so that you don't feel like I need to give way more grace this time because I was way too harsh last time or vice versa. Yeah. That's good. Or the parents are on the same page yeah. and that creates the wave. That's a good one. That's you know? And so I think mm-hmm. what Troy, I think when you said that in the beginning here about this question, is sitting down and what is the expectation mm-hmm. that we have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, how we grew up could be far different yeah. when it comes to even parenting, how our, sure. how we were parented. Mm-hmm. And I think that it influences how we parent. Um, and so even <laughs> kind of sifting through how, what did my parents do and do I, did I like that? Or mm-hmm. how do we move forward together as a team um, and try to stick to that solid line? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. This, kind of meshes between the marriage and the parenting, but like presenting a united front to your kids Mm -hmm. all the time, no matter what, Mm -hmm. like there's my 11 year old got in trouble a couple weeks ago because I knew that they're kind of fighting about what he was wearing. And I wasn't in that conversation, but I walked in, he's like, dad, how, what do you think of my outfit? I was like, yeah, it looks good. And then another child said, Oh, um, that's not what mom told him to wear. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh, 
you're mm-hmm. in big trouble. Now. Like mm-hmm. I was like, whatever mom said is what you should be wearing. Mm-hmm. Like it's presenting that like, Hey, we are on the same team mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we want to be on your team as much as we possibly can. But like, we've got to be united in that and not having that like, well, my squiggly line goes here and hers is going there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're always consistent. And sometimes that's, Hey, I don't know what the punishment is for this. Like, I know you're in the wrong, but we need to discuss it before we hand down any punishment. Mm-hmm. That's good. Any other thoughts there? I didn't mean to kill the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I think too, with discipline and Stu <clears throat> talked about it is don't do it in anger mm-hmm. yeah, because that's, that's when you're going to say something or do something that you're going to regret or your child is going to remember for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's just so important. It's so hard. You Mm -hmm. know, you've had a bad day at work or you're tired or whatever the case may be. And and so your level of patience is Mm -hmm. running thin. And so you just blow up Mm -hmm. and then you say something and that your child's going to remember it for the rest of their life Mm -hmm. and how hurtful it was. And you, of course, over you go back and apologize, but like the whole illustration of once you squeeze toothpaste out of a tooth, uh, paste tube, mm-hmm. you can't get the toothpaste back in. It's just like our words. And mm-hmm. I think it's, we're not going to be perfect, but it's very important not to, like Stuart was saying specific things like you're an idiot or I've told you a thousand times, are you ever going to get it right? You know, very demeaning mm-hmm. or he said breaking their spirit, mm-hmm. like exasperating your child to wrath or whatever. I think um, that's so important. Uh, and if you had a parent that did that, is to because we just default to that Mm -hmm. like my dad was that way or my mom was that way so it's okay for me to be that way Mm -hmm. and um and looking back we would never you know want our parents to be or treat us or say those things to us so really being mindful of that and maybe having if there is something going on that was done wrong by our children and i know we wanted to be immediate but if you're immediate is that you're going to blow up then you need to step away and say hey we're going to talk about this in an hour and we'll talk about what your punishment will be mm-hmm. so that you can actually quiet your spirit down and get a hold of yourself and then go have a more logical <laughs> uh, conversation with mm-hmm. them about it. I think what it was explained to me one time about if you spank your children, right? Mm-hmm. Like designate what that's going to look like well ahead of time. Like if that's two wax with you know whatever, like I know some people are going to completely disagree with the, I, sure. the whole idea of physical but like, if it's two, then let it be two. And if your kid isn't responding to that punishment, then it's time to figure out a new way to punish mm-hmm. them. It's not like, oh, you had two. Now you're gonna have three more, and then we're gonna try four. More. You know, like it's two, and then figure out what the next step is and how. Even like the, we'll talk about it in an hour. That could be devastating for one of your kids. Mm-hmm. Like depending on how they operate, like even just giving them an hour to sit with their thoughts about what they did, like mm. that could be punishment enough. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, you've learned your lesson. Like you sat here and cried the whole time because you're terrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, anyway, whatever. I don't know. I, <clears throat> I read a book, I think it was the five habits of a healthy household or something along those lines, but it talked a little bit about discipline. And one of the things that I remember from the book is it talked about after you discipline, it's important to have a moment of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And so having that time after there's a, a discipline moment, like communicating somehow in a way that our relationship is still okay. Yeah. Like I still love you. Like mm-hmm. there's still, we're just going to move forward and, mm-hmm. and not like this is it, or you've got to have this 
punishment looming over you for the next five days before we can talk again or whatever that might be. It's like, we're, we're good now. Like we've had our conversation, discipline has happened and, and have that moment of reconciliation can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I think of our like nighttime routine when we go in and pray for our kids. And usually, I don't know about you guys, but bedtime is usually the worst. So like just always <coughs> yelling and screaming and it's, it's awful. But then like, we're not going to not go in and pray for them and mm-hmm. give them a hug and tell mm-hmm. them that we love them. Mm-hmm. And so like, sometimes that's, that's mm-hmm. like more, even more than that. Cause like it takes a lot of humility to be mm-hmm. like, I'm so frustrated with you right now, <laughs> but I'm going to pray for you and your heart and your life. And I'm going to give you a hug and tell you that I love you. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I don't want to do this right now, but mm-hmm. I need to. And I think it communicates a lot mm-hmm. when we have to do that mm-hmm. or choose to do that. Mm-hmm. We, went to a parenting seminar thing once and one of the things they talked about was to help eliminate the moment of anger where you do lash out with words or a punishment that exceeds really the what was necessary to but to preset those things and we've used that it's called a strike system and we've used that a lot especially with our youngest child Mm -hmm. because the emotional piece of it does get you just get so tired of dealing with things over and over again. And so we, instead of getting emotionally engaged in the situation where we're focusing on two or three behaviors that we're trying to maybe stop or your dishes may not go in the sink, they have to go in the dishwasher, whatever the mm-hmm. situation is, that when those two or three behaviors that we're trying to correct are brought into the situation, instead of getting emotionally, you know, you're going to do the, the dishes for the next five years, mm-hmm. which is excessive. It's that's the first strike. And the first strike is always that you lose the opportunity to ride your bike for a week. And mm-hmm. so it, instead of getting emotionally engaged, you knew what, you know what we're working on and you knew what the expectations are. So instead mm-hmm. of me losing my hair over the situation, I'm just going to say strike one, buddy, mm-hmm. you have another that's one. Good. And you mm-hmm. know, and that maybe that lasts for a week and then it resets after the week or whatever. And yeah. that was super helpful because our youngest did drive the emotional for both my husband and I real quickly because it was constant testing over and over and sometimes still is. Um, but we definitely had sometimes coming up with what the currency for your child is can be really tricky because like Stuart said yesterday, what works for child a doesn't work for child B and you're like, man, I thought I had this parenting thing down and now I feel like I'm clueless again. And that was so true for all five of our kids. One of our kids, you just had to say no and he would be in tears. Another one, you could slap his hands or his bottom and He'd just like look at you and smile and be right back at whatever he was doing. And so it is, it's so different. And so finding out what the currency is for each of your kids is super important when it comes Mm -hmm. to disciplining them. And as they get older, the hard thing is they'll point that out. Like you're unfair because you did this punishment for so-and-so, but for me, it's more harsh. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, that's a hard conversation to have with them because they don't, they say they don't understand it, yeah. but I mean, I think that's something to think about as parents that every kid's different. So again, like JB, what you were saying, you got to find what that thing is mm-hmm. for the discipline punishment. <laughs> but then if it is different for each one, then the kids are going to start getting older and they understand and then they'll start pointing it out. So then as a parent, we have to sit them down and say, well, it doesn't work for you yep. with so-and-so this is all they had to, we all we had to do and they immediately you know uh reacted well and we understood that they understood what we were saying but it seems like with you that we can't do that and i think that's a hard concept for a kid because he's gonna they're gonna say you're unfair it's an unfair punishment mm-hmm. so just trying to work through that 
as parents can be very, very uh, difficult at times to try yeah. to understand that and help them understand it as well. Okay. As we close, one piece of... Oh, okay. Right before you go. No, you're good. <laughs> when you keep talking and then it dies in your nose. Yeah. Okay. We could almost do a second part to this because yeah. we're not even getting to like how do you disciple your kid mm-hmm. in their faith? Like what does that look like? Yeah. Without becoming like the the uh, spiritual dictator of the home and mm-hmm. we're going to do this. You know, how do you talk about it along the road in Deuteronomy and those things. Like, what does that look like? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought that might be a, cause we haven't even really touched on that mm-hmm. at all. That's a good point. Put it in my notes. One time, Ruthie was like, I don't know why I do this. It's just the sin in my heart. Or something. <laughs> That's what you should have shared about your funny moment. That's good. That's awesome. Uh, Blame it on the sin. Yeah. Satan made me do it. <laughs> the Lord was just leading me to <laughs> to do this, to hit my brother. Oh, is the battery back now? Oh, okay. All right. So as we close... Um, I want you to give one piece of unsolicited parenting advice. I mean, I'm soliciting it, but <laughs> for people listening, unsolicited parenting advice. If you could give them one piece of advice, Stacy, we're going to start with you. Oh, and I have two. Oh, <laughs> you can share two. That's fine. Okay. One would be, and this has been mentioned around the circle many times already today, but to be on the same page as your spouse. Um, and you will have to figure out how you do that because there will be times where you'll want to step in, or maybe you have stepped in. Um, and been like, no, that's, that's not fair or that's all you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, getting on the same page as your spouse will be huge because Mm -hmm. when your kids know I cannot push mom because dad is going to be right there, vice huge Mm -hmm. game changer for both your marriage and your parenting. Yes. Yeah. And like, especially like a situation where one of you might be the disciplinary and one of you might be the fun parent, like making sure you're on the same page there. Yep. All the time. And it takes practice. Yeah. You will mess up. Promise. Um, And then the second is to, you need to have a village when it comes to parenting. Um, Experiencing things where you feel shame because of something your child has done, or you feel lost because you don't know what to do next. You feel like you've exhausted all of the tricks in your, or the tools in your tool belt. You need a village to be praying for you and with you. You need that village to maybe be the person who goes and talks to your kiddo when um, kind of like the faith, um, influencers that we mm-hmm. talk about, you need to be able to have somebody, another couple, two other couples. Maybe it's your small group of people who are storming the gates of heaven with you for your kids. Um, people that can give you advice that are two steps ahead of you. You just, you need a village of people to get through this thing again, both in parenting and in mm-hmm. marriage, um, because it's hard. It is super hard and there are really good days and there are some really, really hard days that you endure. And so you need to be able to, um, have an Aaron when you're the Moses kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Real quick to couple or to piggyback on what you just said. I think uh, I was just talking to somebody about how uh, I was a divorce situation mm-hmm. and the uh, father lives in a different state, mm-hmm. a couple of states away. Uh, the mom's here with three boys and, um, going to church, not our church, but you know, going to a church in the area and she is looking for, some kind of, and actually the boys, I mean, actually said this, they want 
some male interaction. Mm-hmm. They, they're like craving for it. And I think that's where as a church, the village expands mm-hmm. because we have to create um, opportunities for parents that are in those situations to come alongside moms, especially when it is a, a father figure that's absent, the neglectful, mm-hmm. you know, however you want to uh, characterize them, that we have to help. We have to step in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think just teaming them up with a faith influencer or with a mentor that's willing to do that, um, I think is so key. Uh, that we have as, as a church have to be willing to step up to do that. Um, I think that's uh, in order to help them. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to do that. Sometimes that can be as simple as dropping them off on a Wednesday night to CLSM, <laughs> 6, 30, 8 o'clock, to yeah. the ministry doors. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of great opportunities for mentorship built into that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and I think mine, I've already said it, is you have to be willing to admit when you're wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that is so, it's such a powerful lesson. It's the gospel of forgiveness. You're, you're teaching your kid how to forgive. Um, and um, yeah, I think it's just so important to remember that as parents, that we've got to admit when we're wrong and to say, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me for how I handled this for, for what I said? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just keep that ready to do that and humble yourself in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Troy. One thing that I've been, I think I learned it more on this podcast from Stacy. I think mentioned it, but uh, one thing I've, we've done quite a bit just this year, we made it a goal was to spend more intentional one-on-one time with our students or not with our students, but with our kids, <laughs> sorry, youth pastor mode came in there for a second <laughs> um, with our kids. And so we've I took Evan to a monster jam a couple of weeks ago. Carly went to uh, Disney on ice a couple a couple days ago and so just that communicates so much love and when it comes to this discipline part just knowing that your student or again knowing that your kid (laughs) sorry knowing that your kid um can have that relationship with you uh helps the discipline uh aspect when it comes to they know that they're loved they know that they're safe they know that they have a, a caring parent that loves them and, and wants to spend time with them can help with the discipline uh, aspect of <clears throat> keeping that relationship moving forward. So anyways, yeah, just going back to this idea of spending one-on-one time with your kids, if you have multiple kids, uh, communicates a lot of love and yeah. uh, can help with the discipline yeah. along the way. Cool. Thanks for listening. I guess we will be uh, looking out for a part two from this, maybe part three, four, five. I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot of elements of parenting that we could probably talk about. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.